Hey there, Perfect Movie listeners. This is Steven. The episode you're about to hear was released one year ago this month on the bonus disc, the Patreon feed of the two Gomers. Our Patreon subscribers, we call them Gomertrons, get brand new episodes of Perfect Movie each month, plus the result show for every movie and additional bonus apps depending on what level you subscribe at. Now that a year has gone by, we're releasing the main Perfect Movie episodes to this feed so the public can hear them. If you want to stay up to date and hear these episodes a year in advance, make sure you head over to patreon.com slash twogomers to subscribe to the bonus disc. And if you like what you hear, make sure you check out Overcoming Runner's Block. That's our health podcast where we chase big goals, face our excuses, and invite a nation along for the run. You can find Overcoming Runner's Block wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, here's the episode. Happy listening. Will Smith, Brad Pitt, and Leonardo DiCaprio. All three actors met with writer-director team The Wachowskis to discuss starring in their 1999 part sci-fi, part spiritual analogy, part philosophical mind-bender, part kung fu action flick. The directors had two terms they asked each actor to agree to. They had to be willing to endure a punishing six-month combat training before filming began, and they had to be able to grasp the plot of the movie. None of them could. Finally, the siblings found their man, an actor best known for his one-word signature catchphrase, whoa, who hadn't starred in a bona fide moneymaker for five years. Note to self, we have to do speed on Perfect Movie. Keanu Reeves. He was, however, able to discuss for two and a half hours the philosophical ramifications of a reality that was in fact a computer-generated construct built by robots to keep humankind enslaved. He also liked the idea of getting ripped. The casting paid off. The movie made a buttload of money. It launched a franchise. It invented a new special effect called Bullet Time that when used sparingly rules, but when used carelessly gives you everything Zack Snyder ever directed and it solidified the DVD as the next big thing in home theater. But this was over two decades ago. Does the breakthrough movie still break through? Or is it just a series of dripping, green-tinted ones and zeros best left in the previous millennium? We're the two gomers. We're talking The Matrix. And this is Perfect Movie. Welcome, everybody, to Perfect Movie, a podcast where two regular guys try to save the universe one great film at a time. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, joined as always by my friend Steven, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Hey, dude. So, dude, it's the summer of 2021 right now, Mm -hmm. and we're going to throw back all the way to 1999, man. The summer of 1999. Now, this movie came out in the spring but I did see it for a third or fourth time in the summer. Okay, so I, I've been thinking a lot about this, 
Uh-huh. And I think I'm remembering maybe watching Matrix Revolutions and Reloaded during the summer. Yes, those like, were summer I, movies. Yep. Yeah, so I know this came out in March of 1999. Mm-hmm. We're going to get there when we get to the Gomer 1 sheet. Right. So I'm wondering, like, when I saw this, it mm. still feels like a summer movie to me. I agree. And so so maybe it's that I have all those memories of going to these wrapped into one. So I'm not sure if I'm remembering my movie experience of two and three and, like, kind of just putting them all together. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that's true. D- definitely two and three were summer blockbusters mm-hmm. or they were at yeah. least they were released that way right like right th- this one they just didn't know i think there yeah. was so much nervousness around this mm-hmm. that it feels like a march release was like we don't know so we might as well dump it in march and yeah, then just- <laughs> it was huge yeah that, that's gonna come up in our evidences later too like yeah basically 1999, the summer of, was Star Wars summer, right? Like, right. Okay, so that could Phantom, be they moved it forward yes. so that they wouldn't be competing with that. Yeah, dude. They're like, this is going to be the summer of George. No, this is going to be the yeah. summer of Star Wars. Uh-huh. And so, like, let's get ahead of that. Right. But then it uh, it blows Star Wars out of the water. Like, what what else was in the summer? I'm looking right now. What else was in the summer that summer? Mm, I mean, my, okay. Uh, well, Sixth Sense was in the summer. Toy Story Two probably was, but maybe not. I don't know. Yep, Wild Wild West. Oh, Wild Wild West. <laughs> Will Smith says no to the Matrix, and then does Wild Wild West with Kevin Klein. Right. That's funny. Okay, we also had. This was a big summer for movies. This was a big yeah. summer. For us, like to me, the summer of 99, just Uh just for me, maybe not for you, is a little bit like October 1955 or 1985. Like it's it's this summer, (laughs) like my wife, my now wife, Erin, had just graduated high school. Graduated high school. I was so confused when I saw this on your on the Gomer one sheet. Okay, wrote a big a big globally important event. Erin graduated. And I was like, what? I did not even think that it was high school that she graduated (laughs) in 99. We've been talking about this for the last couple of days. Like, what was that summer like? Like, Aaron and I were just hanging out. We were just friends. Yep. She wanted to learn about classical music is one of the things she really wanted to learn about. So, like, we actually had, like, a classical music quote-unquote date. Okay, where yeah. We went to like not, I see. Mm-hmm. Sure, right. We we went to like <laughs> yeah. Record Town or no, yeah. no, no, exclusive company. I think I took her to State Street exclusive, exclusive company. company. Like, yeah. Go downstairs. That's where mm-hmm. that old dude that I can't remember his name that sold me my first Cleveland Orchestra recordings. And wow. and we we looked at CDs, she bought some mm-hmm. CDs, and then we went and listened to them and talked about them. Nothing happened. Just just friends. Sure. <laughs> But like there's this summer is like like I had just left our dorm room. Me and Krause were roommates for at least a little while. Right. Krause was going to move to L.A. Okay, right. So we were like all sleeping over at Krause's house like every day. Yep. Um, Yeah, here I'm going to share my screen because it's so weird. My mom just shared a picture today. Mm -hmm. I'm not even kidding. This is today. My mom Mm -hmm. shared this picture that my sister Julie shared 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can see the date on this. Wow. No, I can't. Oh, June. Wait. 
May 99. There so it is. So this is, this is my family. <gasps> we are on what? vacation. This is our last vacation together as a family before Goosebumps. the following year when I got married. Mm-hmm. So this is the one of the last pictures we have of our whole family pre all of us getting married. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw The Matrix this weekend with my dad. For the first time. For the fourth time, I think. Okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> um, I just want you to notice something, which is Alex has mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves' haircut. Mm, he's got the middle when, part. When he's, in the, when he's in the Matrix, not when he's got a shaved right. head stubble thing going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I have, I believe, a haircut that we all had, which is blonde tips. Uh-huh. And I think I have some sort of, like, hemp necklace on. <laughs> How embarrassing. Yeah. Got a hemp necklace. I had that same shirt that you had, except mine was Five Iron Frenzy branded. Oh yeah, yep. It's it, it, if people aren't our thirteen point one Gomertrons and can't see this picture right now, it's kind of like a three striped on the sleeve. Mm-hmm. It's it's like I, I don't even know how to explain this T-shirt. Well, it's a T-shirt with yeah. It's like a baseball tee. Is that it? No, yeah, baseball okay. It's tees. close to a baseball tee, yeah. but not quite because baseball sporty. tees have a different color sleeve. Yeah. Right. Okay. Anyways, I just wanted to show that to you because it, it it was like I I couldn't believe my mom shared this today. That and is I was like, so this is funny. this is what we look like. That summer was the summer before I graduated. I wasn't engaged yet, yep. um, but I was engaged several months later. Um, like I said, I remember seeing it for the first time. I was a junior, I guess. Yeah, a junior mm-hmm. in Oakwood at Oakwood Mall in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Hmm. I went to see it again the next day. Yeah, makes sense. Then I went to see it with Jessica. A couple mm-hmm. weeks later, even though I was like, I have no idea if she's going to like this. Yeah. Definitely not up her alley as far as like, there's gross imagery in it. Yeah. Right? And there's, there's a lot of guns. There's a lot of gun violence. Lots of guns. This, this, yep. that's, Lots of violence. Very That violent. may come up later. Yep. As well. Like we might, we might mm-hmm. talk about that because there's, there's some uncomfortable stuff about that and specifically just in the in the news. Well, Columbine then. Yeah, right? Columbine happened three weeks later. Yeah, yeah. So and they yeah. reference it. Mm-hmm. The, I know. the boys did, and so I, I actually read a couple articles about it. Oh, okay. A couple articles written then, and a couple articles written more lately mm-hmm. because of gun violence stuff now, right? Yeah. Um, and so that doesn't go away. That's I think that's part of this, right? Um. I have opinions on it. I'm not sure I want to get into it. No, we 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 don't need to get in that. It's just like right. it's, it came up when Aaron and I were watching it. Yes, and it came up when my dad and I watched it this weekend that I showed you the picture of. Oh, it, my it gosh, felt it, yes. It it just we you get sweaty in that part because they're wearing mm-hmm. trench coats, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the scene where they go in yeah. and basically shoot. Yeah. Um, they're not even policemen. They're um. Just, just like security or? guards. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Wachowskis have uh, talked about it a lot and said, you know, remember, those are just programs. Um, they've kind of, I think that's a little bit of retconning because I actually do think they're supposed to be people. I was thinking there are people too. Totally. So yep. maybe that's track covering. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't talk about this movie without. It, it's contextual, right? Without knowing yeah. the space and time this came out in and that, that, that. You bump against it when you watch for it, sure. for sure. 
there there's a little bit of like it's not nearly as big as when we even though it is to us space camp and the challenger <laughs> right no. yeah well no i know but we seriously. talked about this right like you have to talk about the challenger blew up then yeah like, and so that right was when something that movie people was, were yeah. coming into the movie with mm-hmm. it was a big yeah it was like a i mean they, they actually postponed the release of the movie i know you were right. laughing because i was bringing up space camp it's a really really tragic thing <laughs> but but it's just it, it it needs to be mentioned for sure and we'll probably talk yeah. about that more when we get to that scene um right but Dude, this summer, mm-hmm. watching the movie, um, yep. researching the movie, like looking at the songs that were coming out that summer, thinking about oh, yeah. Y2K coming up. I mean, like we were all like, mm-hmm. what's it going to be like, dude? And it, it's like our life hadn't started yet or something like that. So watching this movie is kind of yeah. like bring because I hadn't actually sat down and watched it in a really long time. Like I texted you. Me neither. I was like, dude. It's so great to just sit down and watch an incredible movie. Well, I th- I think it had it's probably been five or six years since I've watched it. Yep. Part of me thinks that's because I've watched it so much I actually yeah. got sick of it. Possible. Yep. Um, and so it was nice. I was thinking when you texted, I was thinking like it's nice to watch a movie that you haven't for a while and remember. Oh yeah, this is really good. Yeah. Oh, and it it stands <laughs> up. And in my evidence, I'm going to talk about part of why it stands up. I have okay, a, I can't I wait. Have, I have a question, a couple questions yes. off the top real quick, and then we'll probably get to okay, the one sheet. Okay, and then I have a pop script. quiz for you. Ooh. Oh, boy. Okay. The, just pop listener. Pop quiz hot shot. It's a Keanu Reeves movie, so I have to have pop <laughs> quiz hot shot. Okay. Just listener, be beware. We love this movie, and we're super stoked about it, and we're probably going to go the full two hours. <laughs> um, and this is straight to the bonus disc. It'll go on, on the, right. in the regular feed like a year from now. So this is this is right now. This is just to our patrons. So when you said it's the summer, we're also gonna like we're just this summer. We're just gonna. I mean, the the negative of it is we're killing some sacred cows. But we were just like let us let's just choose some movies that we just love that feel yes. like summer to us. Totally and and like. We're we're looking to inject fun, right? Mm-hmm. Like we've been talking yeah. about that on on Runner's Block. Like inject things that are fun. So it's like, dude, what do we got to do this afternoon? Talk about Matrix for two hours. And like, what do you do with a couple <laughs> of these not, before? Who wouldn't want to do that? Totally. I was so if I could <laughs> bottle up like the the awe and pleasure I felt when I first saw this movie, and convert it to oh. excitement about how much I I am so excited to like record this episode it's like a one-to-one yeah oh that's wow okay i'm so excited okay i I actually wrote wrote that down in my notes dude i was like Uh what would it be like to watch this again for the first time like yeah the extraction scene this isn't even where Mm. i was going but like the extraction scene the mind-blowing like all you thought of the world is erased and all wrong when keanu Mm -hmm. reeves wakes up when Lawrence fishburne Mm -hmm. does the reveal and tells him yep. the full truth. It's like yep. that that might be the most like amazing scene of any movie I've ever seen. When you went into to see this, did you know what you were getting into? I know that we were <laughs> we've talked about this a lot, right? Like yeah, yeah. Some, did somebody direct did a typical Anthony style somebody yep, drag yep. you to it and you're like stupid <laughs> and then you're like, "Oh, okay, I like it." <laughs> my thought so so my question for you was going to be where were uh-huh. you working this summer? And where were you this summer? Because 
because because my uh-huh. thought is like it was Krause and Chad. I could have asked right. Chad earlier. Probably is who I went to this with, and they were probably like you said, dude. You got to check out this movie. And all like, okay, guys, I'm up for that. Ninety nine. Weren't we all working at Cytel? Was that okay? Was that the summer of Cytel? I wrote. I. It's either Full Compass or Cytel. Uh, I I'm pretty sure I worked at Cytel because I was trying to save up a lot of money. I decided not to travel anywhere okay. in '99, and so it. I moved back to home to Madison, yes. Verona, mm-hmm. and we all worked at Cytel together. So that also was happening. Okay, this summer. Okay, Dang. listeners, this this is the summer of George. This summer, <laughs> this was your last single summer. This is where the That's Gomers. Right formed dude this is where you had i I think you're right your car i was gonna say you had your woody but that was gonna sound weird i bought (laughs) the woody late Mm -hmm. summer of 99 okay yeah so you brought it with us to we probably went to the matrix in the woody you probably picked (laughs) me and chad and up. i was trying to think of i don't think i saw it with you guys okay but we might have gone for the fifth time i could have gone for the fifth time with you guys i was so blown uh, my 21 year old mm-hmm. mind yeah yeah was like oh man i've thought about this so much yeah what if we're all just brains in a jar right and i was like uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> was like how did they do it oh, okay <laughs> wait I, I gotta leave that for evidences okay yeah leave that so so you lived at your parents mm. house this summer then yep okay we were we all worked at Cytel. me you mm-hmm. chad krauza liba Hack. Hack. Yep. I remember I got the Weird Al CD that summer. Running with scissors. Did, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's right. Yeah, he did My My, mm-hmm. this here Anakin guy. Boom, yes, cherry to the, the Grapefruit land. Diet. Diet. Yup. Okay. Great album. Um, so just for some just for some context, dude. Yeah. We were all listening to Listener Supported by Dave Matthews Band. Uh-huh. Delirious Mesomorphous was on our CD uh-huh. players. Yes. Heaven. Definitely. Remember that song? Mm-hmm. And Switchfoot, New Way to Be Human. That blue uh, that blue cover? Mm. No, no, no. Red, there's a thumbprint. Oh, no. Oh, I'm so ashamed. Mm. Forgive me, John Foreman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's a beautiful letdown. That's like two more years. Yeah. They were like two college perfect dudes albums. and the bass player was still in high school, Tim. Yeah. So I was always so jealous of that guy. Oh, gosh. Um... Yeah. Summer of George, Emilio's, Krause's, mm-hmm. Saturn breaking, Liba. Mom, just, make mom get up and make me a sandwich. Yep, that's mom. Make <laughs> me a sandwich. Make me a smoothie. Stevens in the driveway. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like it, yeah. it, this summer I'm in the to the driveway me. waiting. So it is just like now. Where I'm waiting on Zoom for you to arrive. <laughs> it's literally like it's the beginning of it all. That's why I'm saying it's like October. 1955 mm-hmm. or 1985 i'm not sure which it one all, it, it all comes back to that yep yeah yeah mm. um okay you ready for my pop quiz yes totally pop quiz hot shot okay okay the, this the, the first question i have for you is just to make sure i'm right when is the last time you and i actually saw each other in the flesh because i think it was my marathon nope and two then weeks the, later. And then two weeks after. Yes. Right. Okay. Good. So. Pretty sure. This was uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. January 2018. Oh, 
Holy okay. smokes. You come out and you watch me over three years ago. Can you believe that? That over is three, three years ago since we haven't been ones and zeros on a screen. Yeah. We, that is so like you might be in the matrix this whole time. I know it could, you could not, not have existed for all I know. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that works when you're in person also in the matrix, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Makes no difference. Really. Right. So you came out to see me run my marathon my sub mm-hmm. five, and then you gave me for my birthday mm-hmm. a ticket not only out to visit you in Atlanta, but also to go see you oh, perform yeah. in your orchestra, yep. Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Now, we were driving home from that performance Yep. when we thought up perfect movie. Dang. Okay. Wow. So we... We're act- we actually thought about it as one episode. This was before Patreon. Oh. We were like, well, let's do a special episode. Yeah, it was going to be a special. Yes. Okay. And, and this can be a pay episode so we can raise some money to pay for this trip that you just spent so much <laughs> right. let's just do an Let's do an episode called Perfect Movie. And we came up with three movies for that episode. Oh, wow. Okay, here's okay. the pop quiz. Do you remember what those three movies are? Okay. I'd probably say Jurassic Park because we came from Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was number one. Okay. Matrix. Matrix was number two. Okay. Mm, we have e. done T? the third one. E. No. Nope. Oh. We have done it? We have done it. It's it's 80s. Oh, Bill and Ted's. No. Nope. What? More perfect than that. Undeniably perfect. Oh, Back to the Future. Duh. Yes. Duh. So okay. I'm giving you this pop quiz to let you know we have fulfilled our <laughs> we've fulfilled <laughs> our duty with this episode. This is it. Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. But isn't that weird? We, he's walking out, everybody. We, <laughs> we, we came up with three, Jurassic Park, Back wow. to the Future, and then we said The Matrix. Hmm. That's, and I was like, that's okay, let's, let's come around to that, and then we ended up making it an entire podcast series. Okay. Wow. That's really, really cool. I mean, yep. It is, we're coming in, uh, uh, striking, there, there'd be a couple things I'd strike from the record. The, the violence. Uh-huh. Um, I think when they, when they shoot up the agents and Morpheus is sitting in there, that's something we were saying the other day. We're like, how did he not die? Jack said the exact same thing. Okay. That's well, a, that's, how are they missing Larry Fishburne? Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a, that's a pretty <laughs> huge plot hole unless he has unbelievable aim, which is possible. But that was a right? lot of I mean, he's bullets. he's highly trained or whatever by his software. True. Yep. True. I have I have a big stricken. Oh, okay. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. Okay. Joey Pants. Mm, you know Joey okay. Pants? Of course. Christian name, Joey Pants. Yep. Playing, playing the role of Cypher mm-hmm. in this movie. Or Judas. Right? right. Or Satan. He's the definite Judas in this. You know, he goes he goes into the Matrix. He's eating that steak. Perfect yep. food. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Perfect food scene. How did he get in there? Yeah. Okay. That's a huge. And how does he get back out? Huge plot hole because it was a yep. small ship, the Nebuchadnezzar. Right. Super small ship. And who logged him in? 
who logged you have out. to you have to the big thing about this is it's all this is pretty wireless right yes i yep. wonder if this movie was made today if there would be more wireless stuff but everything mm. is hardwired right yeah somebody has to stick you in the back of the neck and take you out again for sure you could probably you could pro okay you could probably stick that in your neck yourself yeah. i bet you could do okay. that i bet you could set some yeah. sort of timer I think right. physically all the things were possible. It was just a huge risk. Like he had yeah. to have done it in the middle of the night. Right. Oh, wait, but yeah, maybe a timer. <laughs> I'm just trying to explain you, it. He, like, he could have rigged up some sort of thing that we don't know about. Like a future but phone. all the rules state uh -huh. you have to have somebody there to get the phone call. Yes. Log you out mm -hmm. and then unplug you or else you die. Yep. So he, th there can't be just one Judas, but there obviously is because then he shoots Tank and Dozer with that gun. Yeah. Well, that that would be the only other possibility is that there was somebody else in on it, another mole, an accomplice. But certainly but no. No. Not Switch. Well, no. Not Switch <laughs> and definitely not Tank or Dozer, dude. So that's no. it. Yep. That's Plot all the, maybe the red, so you the can, red dress. You cannot, listener, woman. you cannot take that into account when you vote for the Matrix. Okay, so those are stricken. We recognize it, we see it, and we strike it. Okay. I think that's it. Anything else from the one sheet that you see that you want to talk oh, about? Oh, for sure. Hey, what was our drink that summer? Was that Cool Nest Tea summer? Maybe. Okay. I think there were several summers in a row when we had Cool Nest Tea Lemon. Okay, got it. All right. <laughs> Gomer one sheet. I got a couple little trivias on here that I didn't write before yep. I sent it to you. Oh, so sweet. if you're new to the podcast, if you just looked up the matrix and you found the Gomers, thanks so much for being here. You're like 30 minutes mm -hmm. in. So thanks for still continuing to listen. Also, is, if you're listening now, then thank you for also subscribing to our Patreon. For yeah, I, I was thinking about the future, though, because. Yeah, definitely. I, I when do, this is we, released. We do thank our Gomer trends all the time. We love y'all. Yeah. OK, so. Mm -hmm. This is a sheet I make. It's my little one-sheet book report by Gomer One called the Gomer One Sheet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Matrix. Release date, March 31st, 1999. That's my sister's birthday. Oh, interesting. And check this out, dude. Yes. My dad, when this came out, was 42. What? I'm 42. I know you are. Like, but what, what am I? Yeah, I know <laughs> 43. you're <what> <laughs> But is it that weird, dude? <laughs> Very weird. Very weird. It's just, that's the age I will always think your dad is, by the way. True. Yep, my dad is Tim the Toolman Taylor. Late 30s, 40s, always. Yep, okay. Yep. I just, that blew my mind last night. Running time, two hours and 16 minutes. Budget of $63 million. This grossed at the mm -hmm. box office, $171 million, $466 million worldwide. They had Huge. no, Warner Brothers was like, Hello, new franchise. Let's go. <laughs> I know. Like, okay, I guess this worked. Hey, can you read what what did Phantom Menace make? Because Phantom good, Menace good call. did better than this, but only because everybody went to it and was like, ew. Right. Keep keep reading some stuff off of the one sheet while I okay, look great. that up. Yep. Awesome. This movie won four Academy Awards. It actually probably should have been nominated for more, but one for editing, one right. for sound. Special effects. One for sound effects and one for visual oh. effects. So it won Visual effects, okay. Four Academy Awards, all of which ILM was probably like, we're a shoe in for that with our Phantom Menace and blue screen. Oh! <laughs> I, I can't stand it. I can't, like, 
Naboo. Oh man, but, like Naboo versus Zion, dude. <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar now, versus. I don't know that all Padres. of the visual uh, effects like quite hold up in the Matrix, but that's okay. I think that Phantom Menace was like the minute I stepped out of the theater, it was outdated. Yeah. You know what it was? Huh? It was a car when you drive it off the lot. <laughs> like <laughs> that is such a good analogy for the Phantom. <laughs> the minute you drive it off the lot, it's worth half as much. And you, you have buyer's remorse. <laughs> and yet you keep going back and watching it every every now and then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For some reason, every time you drive it, you think it could be good this time. Yeah, that's right. And it's kind of yep. like my CRV actually. Like it's not like yeah. an amazing car, but I kind of love it. I don't know. Mm, sure. It okay. made a billion dollars, by the way. Wow. Phantom Menace did. Okay, so yeah. it, it still did pretty well. Yeah. Okay, this movie, Rotten Tomatoes, gives it 88 uh, critics mm-hmm. score, yep. 85 audience score. I also wrote down here, just for fun, Reloaded, yeah. which was the second movie, made 73, uh, a score of 73 and 72. Yeah. And then Revolutions, 35 60 diminishing returns totally i I think i've said this before those movies have grown on me Mm -hmm. but they still pale in comparison to the first one yep it's the thing when it's the sophomore thing you pour everything you have into that first one you set up a Mm -hmm. world like you can't beat setting up a world like this now you can play with it Mm-hmm. And that rules. But setting up right. a world where you blow 21-year-old dudes' minds. Well, it's it's actually pretty similar to Jurassic Park to me, where none of the sequels yeah. get close to that first perfect movie. Hmm. Back to the Future? Yep. The, he, it, we did it with Back to the Future, yep. Alan Silvestri and mm-hmm. Bob Zemeckis. Great job. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really hard to make perfect sequels to perfect movies. Totally. I'm, and I'm this 100%. was for me. Reloaded and Revelations are just very far down. Re- revolutions compared dude. to this. Revolutions, yeah, revolutions. Yeah, we're, there's there's plenty of biblical references in here, but this is not one of them. Uh, you're right. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> <I> was <laughs> yeah. So okay, I'm actually hungering to watch two and three now. Okay, because I yeah. haven't seen them in forever. Right. And now I kind of want to watch them again. I know they're not as good. I remember mm, being yeah. disappointed leaving. There's some cool stuff. Oh yeah. I would say the biggest the biggest problems with them are uh the Wachowski the the Wachowskis go bigger and okay. it doesn't equal better. Yep. Cuz that's because what a sequel needs to be, right? The world but some, bigger. Somehow you need to keep the tension mm-hmm. even though you go bigger. Aliens with right. a dollar sign mm-hmm. style. Yeah. Um, this, there's a hundred agents and who gives a rep? Everything is a cartoon show and it looks bad. Yeah. And you don't care. Okay. That, that's something I was wondering and I don't want any spoilers because my memory is terrible. Uh, yeah. But why, why are all the agents, Agent Smith in two and three, but in this, there are multiple agents. There's a reason. There is? I won't spoil it for you. Yeah. I can't remember. Sorry, y'all, if you're yep. like, you dork. No, I I doubt. I I mean, my guess is that people have not gone back to those movies. Well, and and so that's what I'm saying, though, is like, was that intentional or intentional or were they like Hugo Weaving was so friggin good? It's it's intentional. There's a plot line about that. 
And they when they when they wrote one, they knew that. Well, that's a good question. That's what it's I mean. This like J.K. Rowling wrote the whole Harry Potter series on a napkin in a train. She knew everything. Yeah, right. <laughs> Things change. Right. That's that's what I mean. Like, just like right. now that you're writing the sequel, it's like. Oh, okay. We need an explanation. Oh, right. For that. We need to put way more Hugo weaving in. Yeah, because I vaguely remember something about that. Okay. Uh, anything else from the one sheet? I did actually hear that Will Smith. Well, Will Smith, we talked about at the cold open, but that Nick Cage right. was up for it as well. That cracks me. I up. hadn't heard that actually. Nick Cage has a Keanu Reeves vibe and whoa. vice versa. Well, absolutely. Yes, they're both mm-hmm. both very woe. Not right? super like dramatic. Like they they're actually like reserved as actors, and then they can exactly. go crazy. But they're more like monotone in their speech, sort of. They can both get ripped. Yup. They they can both be strong and fight and punch people. Mm-hmm. They can both be philosophical. So the Nick Cage thing doesn't surprise me. Okay. I'm glad they went with Keanu. Oh my gosh, me too. This. Kind of was, as far as I remember, the beginning of me understanding people being like the same actor that you've seen in this being in something Uh else and being okay with that. Because like when Hugo Weaving came out in Lord of the Rings, I was like, wait, what? Like I didn't. You're you're in the Matrix. Go back to the Matrix, dude. What? (laughs) And I kept seeing Bill or uh, Ted Espreston Esquire. Yep. You know what I mean? And I, and I, and Joey Pants is from Goonies, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But then I was like, okay. Lawrence Fishburne from Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's oh. hard to make these jumps. <laughs> right. And Apocalypse Now. Oh, yeah. I just also, I've been watching through John Singleton's filmography. Mm. So Boys in the Hood. Mm-hmm. He's so good in that. Oh. I mean, it, it's, it's so strange that he goes in action. He's so good in this movie, even yeah. though I do sometimes think the dialogue is a little bit heavy-handed. Okay, well, well welcome well, to the desert of the real. Okay, that's a little bit eye-rolling uh, to me. That could be your stri- <laughs> You could have added that in the stricken, dude. Heavy-handed Maybe dialogue. I will strike that line. Okay, I loved every ounce of that. He's also amazing in Blackish, too. Oh yeah, really yep, totally. good as like the grandpa yep. dude. Yes, but to me, he'll always be Morpheus, dude. Yes, I, the, the, that the, this character is so indelible. You mm, know what I mean? Like, yes, he is the Matrix almost as much as Keanu Reeves is. Yes, and Carrie Ann Moss rules as yes, well. Definitely. A um, couple other things, real quick. Um, just other movies from around that time. Toy Story mm. Two. Yeah, I didn't see at that time because I didn't have kids, and I was like, "Thalpid." <laughs> A theme, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember going with I like I just remember so many of these a- analyze this with Chad and Krause, Big Daddy with Chad yeah. and Krause, Austin Powers with Chad uh-huh. and Krause, Stepmom, one of my faves. Did you see that in the theater? I Stepmom? totally did over Christmas. Wow, break. great. Mostly because it was John Williams and Chris Columbus. They're Still in, haven't seen it because you told me to wait. It's so good. They're in my Venn diagram. I'm building a Venn diagram of everything I like. And so, like, any of these three things, I have a sheet Uh of everything I like. Yeah. So, there you go. I remember going to see Patch Adams with Tim and Tom and hating it. Oh, gosh, yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm still Uh, scarred. I I have not 
I have not seen it yet, but I de- remember detesting Patch Adams for some reason. I don't know why. No, no, no. The, there's a scene in there where uh-huh. it's the mom from Parenthood. Spoiler okay. alert. But yeah. she goes and she's like taking care of this dude and he kills her. I don't know if that's, or maybe, you, really? I know you also don't like Robin Williams. Uh, yeah, well, it might have been a combination of the two. <laughs> okay, but that, the noodle scene, I do love the noodle scene with that old lady from Happy Gilmore, or no, Wedding Singer. Okay, yeah. That I love that old good. lady. And Entrapment. Yeah, the rapping grandma. We all loved Entrapment. Oh, Entrapment, yeah. The Entrapment uh, teaser. Yep. Okay, I've got, I'm going to read the uh, DVD <laughs> cover of... The Matrix. I mentioned this DVD. Th- this movie was huge for DVD. Oh, right. I actually, we actually put a DVD player and this movie on our wedding registry and got them. So this is the first DVD I ever owned. Wow. Okay. And I still own it. It's packed up somewhere, but I still Aw, oh, dang it. Okay. The back of the DVD cover says, Perception. Our day in, day out world is real. Whoa. Reality. That world is a hoax, an elaborate deception spun by an all-powerful machine of in- our artificial intelligence that control us. Whoa. That's actually on the copy. <laughs> Mind warp stunts, techno slam and visuals, mega kick action, Keanu Reeves and Lawrence Fishburne lead the fight to free humankind in the Matrix. The see and see again, cyber thriller written and directed by the Wachowski brothers, bound. The story sears. The special effects stake out new movie-making territory. The movie flat out rocks. (laughs) That is so stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It's the stupidest VHS cover we've ever read. Oh, gosh. That is so late 90s. Good news, nation. It's in color, mostly green. Um, like you said, two hours, 16 minutes. Um, I, I can't wait. To, I can't wait any longer. We got to get into the right. trial. We got to put this movie on trial to decide is The Matrix a perfect movie.
Unfortunately, no one can be told what the Matrix is. You have to see it for yourself. Is this the real world or the Matrix, Mr. Anderson? <laughs> Mr. Anderson, what a what a great guy Hugo Weaving is. His his mouth, his lips, yeah, you know, like they look so muscular or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mus- How do you do it? Muscular I lips, don't... like it's like you've been playing trumpet all night, or like I, you know what I mean? They're like super. They yeah. just look like if you punched his lips, they would like be fine. You know what I mean? They're not soft. Well, speaking of that, I heard he was injured most of the shooting. Okay, I did hear that as well. <laughs> so he, poor dude, Larry Fishburne, and oh, all I think all four of the leads, Carrie Ann Moss, mm-hmm. Lawrence Fishburne, Hugo Weaving, and Keanu mm-hmm. Reeves had to go through this combat training, and they all mm-hmm. got super hurt okay. at some point <laughs> yeah. or another. But Hugo Weaving yeah. was literally like in pain. Yeah, and well, he had, I think he had to have surgery or something like that. Yeah. Like they, somebody said, because I watched some feature or whatever on YouTube. Okay. Sure. And they like six weeks in, he had to do some sort of surgery. And they said they had all gotten injured. And it was basically they were like, this is your body's reaction to doing things that are really hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, like because yeah. they went through some serious stuff, man. And the Wachowskis wanted them all to do their own stunts. Mm-hmm. That was like a big deal for the production. Huh. Okay. Um, and so they wanted to not ha- – because they were doing all these the, – the bullet time, right, where the camera mm-hmm. – where they had like whatever it was, 100 cameras set up in a circle so that they could mm-hmm. do those, you know, Trinity jumps up and kicks. Mm. Yeah. And um, it's one so of the awesome. most uh, – one of the most parodied moments yeah. in movies. Yeah, yeah. That, that that bullet time moment. Mm-hmm. They they didn't want to have to they couldn't do that with a stunt woman. Right. Because yeah. the what they would have to do digitally, they couldn't do then. Mm-hmm. Change the face on it, do a Right. And so they're like, Tarkin. sorry, you guys all have to actually punch each other and jump off of buildings and slam into windows and Jeez. all this stuff. And so they're constantly getting hurt. And it's just amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so happy. I love it. Yeah, I heard Carrie Ann Moss in an interview say that it was the most like a play in mm. that they spent a year together. Yeah. Or almost a yep. year. Like just the cast. Like that, like you only get a few of those in your life. You know what I mean? Like right. for if you're an actor, like I mean, I think about like the Lord of the Rings crew, uh-huh. like the fellowship. Yes, right. You always hear that. about them getting like tattoos mm. of with mm-hmm. each other's names on it and stuff yeah. like that. And <laughs> like just sobbing and crying. I mean Return of the King style. Yeah. When they have, whenever they leave or see each other again. Well, imagine like the, the plays that we've been in. Like it's usually like one to three months max, and we're all oh my gosh. When I never we were thought then about it this way. Crying. Yes. The last like, show, you're just a mess. Totally. <laughs> oh no. I'll never be able to sing the two princes section of Into the Woods again. <laughs> That's it. That's it. You and Hack, dude. Yep. <laughs> Hugo Weaving, I think, is is he in the Star Wars universe at all? Oh, I don't think so. Okay, because so. he he is in, so he's in Lord of the Rings, 
Matrix franchise and he's in the MCU. Oh, I always love see? to think about what that. franchises people go over into. Yeah. Like I always like to think about like how many people in the Star Wars universe are in the MCU or how many mm-hmm. people in the Lord of the Rings universe are in the Star Wars universe. That's fun for me to think about for some reason. Yeah. And what were they doing over there? What, what are you doing over there? You're supposed to be over there. <laughs> yeah. It's the Anthony. And he, Anthony's upset. You'll be upset yeah. when you see Hugo Weaving <laughs> in Marvel. And that's a problem also I have that I forgot to mention on the MCU thing is like, yeah. where was Superman during Batman? Oh, that's, that's not MCU, but you know what I mean? Like, where was Iron Man? Why didn't he go help out? Like, that looks they, super tough. Yeah, you know they, try, they try to explain that. Do they? Okay. Yeah, they do. They, um, Interesting. And, you know, the, the thing that Marvel does is like, this isn't the Marvel episode, but I'll just say right. it. They right. do, people do show up in other movies. So the also Spider-Man true. movie that you you claim to have not seen, but I know you have. <laughs> you found Iron Man evidence. is in a lot. <laughs> I found I pictures of you going to this movie. Iron <laughs> Man is a big part of that Spy- Spider-Man movie. He's there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so anyways... Um, Okay, here we are in the trial. We're putting the Matrix on trial. This is how it works. We pick a movie we love. We love the Matrix. We talk through it. We act as its defense counsel and present evidence. We get two exhibits apiece. When we present those pieces of evidence, you'll hear this sound. And we attempt to prove to you, listener, and one another, that the movie is perfect. When we're done, we all get a vote. Anthony gets a vote, yay or nay. I get a vote, yay or nay. And if our listeners vote, over 75% yes, that it's perfect. That equals a yay. That means it's perfect. We go up to Will Smith and we say, we know you didn't get the part in The Matrix. Listen. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> but we've got a more important job for you. Here's a flash drive with some movies on it. <laughs> Find Jeff Goldblum, fly a spaceship up to the harvesters and prevent... Get your stogies. Right. Get your stogies out. <laughs> Listen to a speech by Bill Pullman. Be motivated. <laughs> Watch while you were sleeping. <laughs> Wait, do they? If it's on the flash drive, we don't know. Maybe. Nope. Yeah, but Bill Pullman's in it. Is what I mean. Now that's a weird thing. I that's crazy. Bill Pullman is not only in the Independence Day franchise universe; he's in the while, while you were sleeping universe. <laughs> wow, think about that for a minute. They take the art, they take the artisan flash drive up and they save the world. The Independence Day aliens do not blow up the world. Sweet. You want to start? You have anything in your back pocket? You got an exhibit ready? Should I start? Dude. Oh, man. Shoot. Okay. All right. Uh, this this one will be pretty quick. I was okay. I was vacillating between multiple things. Got it. And my main one, I didn't want to be first. So my main one's going to be second. My main one was going to be first. But <laughs> okay, if any of that makes sense. Sorry. <laughs> Completely. So I just played the sound effect. My first piece of evidence, dude, is that the technology tells the story. Okay. It's not uh, like just a look what we can do. Okay. Now, bullet time is kind of, I mean, you could maybe strike that from this particular piece of evidence because that's just friggin' cool. Right, right. So it's not just a special effects spectacle movie. Is that what you're saying? That's what I mean. It's not just blowing things up and look what we can do. Like that's like that's what the 90s started building was like, Uh what can we do with special effects to like blow your mind? Like 93, we've got 
Jurassic Park, and we we mm-hmm. use this in Jurassic Park. The the uh, the special effects tell the story. It's not just and, a special effects for special effects sake because we want it to serve right. a bigger purpose, which is telling a sweet a story. And you only see what I think it was like five minutes of dinosaurs. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it tells the story. It's yeah. not just for special effects. Wow. Sake. And so okay. I love that. I'm going to use this verb. Uh huh. I, I usually try to not use this verb and I'm super sorry if y'all like him, but this trumps Star Wars <laughs> Phantom Menace. I oh, can't man. use supersede and override those are some no, other I, verbs that you can use uh, whatever you use i was gonna say the same exact thing i hate harping really? so much on phantom menace but i a hundred percent agree with you yeah that like that that's the anti anti matrix when it comes to special effects yes it was look what we can do like now we can do everything with a blue screen mm-hmm. so it's like tennis balls and we don't sword. need scenery. We don't need locations. We don't even need actors or right or or creatures right to be in the room. And so mm-hmm. you get poor oh my gosh. Yeah. Poor Liam Neeson just looking at nothing and you can tell he's looking at nothing. Oh man. Totally. And, and he's just so depressing. <laughs> I know. He's so awesome too. Like you know you're filming or when you're watching the movie, you're like, oh, man, like this has incredible potential. Yes. And definitely. there were glorious things about it for sure. Not uh-huh. including midichlorians. Uh, <laughs> well, no, uh, no, I love what you're saying because I actually love the story of the prequels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love the Emperor's arc. Yeah. I love the, I love the idea of... A Darth yeah. Vader I, rise, right? Totally. But it's buried. It's buried in the special effects. And yes, what we, you're saying, which is like, look what I, George Lucas saying, look what I can do. And you're like, mm-hmm. who gives a rip? And yeah, it looks sucky. You're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> totally. So it does the opposite of that. Yeah. And you could kind of go with expectations game as well. Expectations mm-hmm. going into Star Wars, impossible. Yeah, impossible. I, I mean, even the, the same thing even happens with seven, eight, and nine, dude. It's like you can't even meet expectations with that. Well, and the same thing happened with Matrix Reloaded. Yeah. I think I had a very similar experience yes. in episode yes. one that I did in Matrix exactly Reloaded because right. I was like, I had such a transcendent experience with yeah. the previous movie that this is a sequel to. Yeah. Or movies in Star Wars case, right? Yep. That there is just uh, just this, I could feel my stomach dropping through the floor in disappointment when I saw those movies. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't, you can't, and it's unfair. It's unfair to the sequel. Yep. Yeah. Um, right. The, 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 the classic phrase, expectations are disappointments deferred. Definitely. So it, when you go in with expectations like that, and it's uh-huh. Phantom Menace. It's like a one-two punch of disappointment that you <laughs> still have PTSD. Bad. Where's that? Do you still have that article that 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 you wrote about Phantom Menace? Ah, uh, pr- yeah. I well, I saved all of my. What was that blog called? Zanga. Zanga. I yeah, saved dude. all my Zanga files. You did. That would be well worth revisiting. Your- no, actually, I think it was an article I wrote on 
What's the third one called? What's the What's the third star? The third prequel. Uh, Skywalker. No. <laughs> no, no, it was Phantom Menace episode three is called Attack Revenge of the, of the Sith. And the, yeah, Revenge of the, there we go. Okay. I'm just looking it up on my, I, I wrote a, I wrote a, a scathing review on all of the prequels. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what it was. So it was after the third. Yep. And I remember the thing that I thought when I got out of Revenge of the Sith was, well, I saw them all. Mm-hmm. That was, collect, <laughs> that was the best I could do. six. You did it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, how so, depressing. Th- so that's the thing though, like expectations going into it. Yep. Were like super low for me with Matrix. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, although I had heard people saying it was cool, I think. I, I don't even really remember. But yeah. they were they were probably not like this is gonna be one of the best ex- movies I've ever seen. The pr- the trailer I, I remember got getting a lot of buzz. Oh yeah, there was a total viral yeah. Okay, so the internet's pretty new. If people Yeah. Can remember back to that, there was a thing, what is the matrix.com? Uh-huh. Right? It was, yeah, it was kind of like the first attempt to do a viral advertising yes. kind of thing. Totally. And I was I was so there for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally. loved that stuff. Like this is the future. Yep. Yeah, so I think it was getting buzzed, but still it was kind of like, okay, uh, kind of untested directors. A plot mm-hmm. that they refuse to tell us more than just like you have to see it mm-hmm. to understand it. It's like the, the, it, it's so complex we can't even tell you what it's about. Right. Explaining and then it's it starring it it's justice. starring Keanu Reeves, and so right. it's 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 not a Phantom Menace style expectations of this movie going in. Yeah. To to me was it was Ted right? Yeah. Like we already said, so it's like okay, whatever. Yeah. And it and it blew our minds, and so I actually read this thing, and I I don't want to step on your evidence, no. Um, but it was Joel Silver, who's one of the producers, right? Die Hard guy. Um, he also, yep, yep, Die Hard, uh-huh. and he said he said in this in this interview he was saying this is the first movie of the new millennium. Okay, I love that. So instead of like capping off what we've already done, this is launching. A whole, it's like the iPhone of movies. Yeah. You know what okay. I mean? Yeah. Well, when I well, how about I how about I do okay, my yeah, evidence okay. right now? Great. Because my evidence would be that I think it's the pinnacle of like '90s cool. Mm. I, okay. I actually I, I mentioned this already. I think that there's a hardwiring thing that happens even with like there's no wireless yet, right? Yeah. Like totally. there's kind of this grunge. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like the cyberpunk. Yeah, cyberpunk. That's it. That's exactly yeah. the word. This kind of yep. s- hacker. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, hackers right. are cool. Yeah, yeah. It's still grounded in an analog world. Yes, right? definitely. Yep. Like um, Battlestar Galactica has some of that. Like the EMP is like the biggest, like the that that's your one thing you've always got in your back pocket. Right. So I maybe I take a little issue with that it's I actually think it's the final movie. Okay. Of the 20th well, century. Got it. Okay, so that that's just that's just what he said. He was like this is the first movie in the new millennium. I guess since it's in the 19s. Uh-huh. You could yeah, I could see taking issue with that for sure. I, I I'm, I'm going to try to figure out why I it, I mean the the, okay. the I just wrote this out. It's the pinnacle of like 90s cool. It's so it just looks dated to me. 
Not in a bad way. Oh, really? It looks like okay. a 90s period piece to me. It looks like huh. a movie somebody would make today set in a future that we thought would happen in the 90s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So that's why I feel that way. I feel like it's a 20, 20th century movie. Okay. About what the future would be. Now future movies look like uh, Eva Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. Cl- yeah. Apple, like I, I don't see Glossy. any Apple. In, you're right. I don't see any Apple in in the Matrix. I see yeah, Zune right. <laughs> <laughs> squirting everywhere. <laughs> I mean, there's just constant Zune squirtage, just and it's green all over this movie. Um, where uh, y- y- do you know what I mean? And it's so tangible. It's so like yeah. Th- there's no sheen on it at all totally it's dirty right it's it's just it's a dystopian future which is in my venn diagram that's on my list of favorite things i love crap Mm -hmm. like that yeah it's the the computers are all old tech big boxy monitors yeah with there's bullet holes in them wait no but there were some flat screen monitors right and that was like i remember like yeah so like i'm pretty sure like the the station the computer station that they've got set up there are some flat screen monitors am i yeah. wrong maybe so like you mean cypher's station right where he's yes. looking at all of them there yep. might be they certainly aren't big though they're like right. small yeah, yeah. um it's it's right. like um um steve carell's what's his name in the office dang oh, it we're terrible yeah yeah they go to his apartment and he's got a flat screen and it's literally like this size it's like yeah. that flat screen. <laughs> right, totally. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, that's going to kill me now. It's not David Brent. No, that's David what Brent, I was thinking. But that's the, yeah, that's Ricky mm-hmm. Gervais's character. Yep. Ooh, so, Julie's going to hate me for this one. Yeah, for real. <laughs> so, but they had the flat screen monitors, but that was futuristic. It was like the kind of monitors you could get at Comp USA or something like that. <laughs> Don't be yes, like, dude, definitely. we could get one of those. But like his office looked like Cytel. Right. Definitely. So it was 90s. Like, it doesn't. Yeah, I see. I I fully see what you mean. Yeah. I'm thinking of the way the tech tells the story still. Yep. Is is looking forward, not like we have accomplished this and and this is a, a, a time capsule. So, yeah, I just see it still as like looking forward, kind of like the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Kind of like no movie's gonna be this good for five years or something like that, and yes. we're gonna yep. gonna catch up. W- one little when I saw your evidence of pinnacle of '90s cool, I was thinking of one of my evidences that I'm not gonna use, which is I love that it's set in present day. You right. know what I mean? Like, like I see the Matrix that they built, and they even mm-hmm. say this at one point. I think that I think the Agent. What's it? Agent Smith says Agent this to Smith. him. Yeah. We built the Matrix around the pinnacle of humanity, 1999. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is really jogging my memory as to why this is like the summer of 1985 or October 1985. Yeah. Like some sort of nexus of the universe. Mm-hmm. We've got 2000 coming up. We've got the internet just starting. Social media yeah. isn't a thing at all yet. I'm yeah. just about to start dating Aaron. Uh huh. Um, Coldplay you, hasn't come out yet. Were you afraid? Yet. Were you afraid about Y2K? No. 
Me neither. No. I couldn't Not wait. At all. <laughs> yeah, I was I wasn't worried about it. Like we we just got our cell phones. Yep. Like it, I just feel like it's before everything's it's the beginning of everything. Or yeah, something definitely. Like that. You're about to get married. Uh-huh. The Gomers are starting. Oh yeah. We didn't even know it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Michael Scott. That's his name. There we go. Dude, had this summer not happened though, I don't think the Gomers would have happened because it was always me and Alex were best buds. And you right. and I were great friends as well, but that was the summer where we hung out all summer. It's because we worked together. Mm-hmm. I'm sure we saw Still a lot of these it. movies together. I just can't remember. Yep. It's just blurred. Right. Totally. <laughs> so it's okay. just like on Jurassic Park, we talked about summer of 93 or just 93 yeah. movies. Right. And I just feel like this is the next step this right. summer. Yep. One other thing about Pinnacle's 90s cool is I think the fashion might play into that in this movie. Oh, for sure. So this, you know how, yep. you know, stu- like Luke Skywalker's hair is forever, forever like feathered yeah, because yeah. it 70s. was made in the 70s. Yep. Right. And so that totally. version of the future is 70s. And so this movie, kind of like the leather. Yeah. The We already mentioned this, the trench coats, right? The hair. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, the so, Sometimes they wear outfits in the matrix that are kind of like they look kind of scaled i, I don't know how to yeah, I don't, yeah. like yeah, the, it's they'll like wear a jacket and it looks like snake skin right yes. exactly um there's that there's that outfit that switch wears when she, when she's in the matrix which is all white and you can yep. kind of see through her shirt it's like huh. so 90s. yeah this very 90s you're to, like i can see like Brad Pitt in Ocean's Eleven, like a couple of years later, dressing yeah. similarly, you know, like that right. snake skinned jacket, yeah, like sport coat sort of thing. Definitely, yeah. Yeah, there's a total like you can you can kind of almost think of like nine like du- college dudes, yeah, wanting to dress like this and doing it sort of poorly. <laughs> Definitely, you know, I mean, not poorly like economically, just like not well. Like you don't have a costume right. designer fitting it right. No, it, I, I think know? the same way about superhero movies where no one <laughs> yeah. looks good in that outfit unless you are Chris Evans. I know. I totally. Yeah. If you, you put have that to on. have the exact musculature. Right. And so yep. if you wear a pair of pants that Carrie Ann Moss is wearing in The Matrix, your yeah, yeah. butt is not going to look like that. Right. <laughs> Aaron and I were talking about that. Totally. <laughs> like just that tight. How do, how does she even move, let alone do I like have no clue. No like clue. Those kicks. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Pretty impressive. Yeah. Totally. So it's impossible to look that cool. Yep. The, you like you have to have the tailor that does mm-hmm. it just right. And then you have to be you have to have just done three to six months of, of training. Right, exactly. Yep. Um I have one more thing I was thinking about with the 90s, that it's a 90s movie. Mm. So I read that the Wachowskis' original idea, speaking of Switch, for Switch was that she was going to be female in the oh. real world and male yep. or something. She was going yep. to switch genders. Mm-hmm. Um, but they backed off of that because it just wasn't well received. Huh, I think when we see the, Met- the Matrix 4, which is supposed to come out, I, th- I think it's still supposed to come out this year. Oh right, yeah, I saw that. Twenty, yeah, it's slated for twenty twenty one. 
I, I think they're going to play a lot more with gender. Okay. I mean, b- both of the Wachowskis have transitioned, right? They're now mm-hmm. Lily and Lana Wachowski. And so th- there's, I, I think that what we're going to see in 2021 in a Matrix movie is very different than what we saw in 99 around that sort of thing, those ideas. Sure. Yeah, um, that's a very good so, point. So it's it just, th- th- I'm sure I could come up with more reasons, but I just feel like it's, I'm going to disagree with Joel Silver. <laughs> Even though The Matrix has been copied and copied and copied over and over again in the 21st right. century, I think it's the final movie Wow! Okay. of the 21st century in a lot of ways. That's incredible. And you're saying that 22 years after Joel Silver said that. So like <laughs> right, maybe he's, he's changed his mind. He was on the set when he said yeah. that, you know, like it was a right. DVD extra or whatever. Uh-huh. And I, I wrote it down. I was like, ooh, that's juicy. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You, yeah. you can't tell that kind of thing in the moment. In like the moment. you're like, like yeah. you're vi- your vision casting. You're like, this is the future. But like, you, you can't know that. And just keep in mind, listener, this is one of my evidences why it's perfect. I love that about the Matrix. Yeah. Okay. It it is a snapshot, culturally, right. yeah, technologically, mm-hmm. fashion wise. Yeah. Yep. Even the cast is totally '90s. Yep. Joey pants and everything. Put pants and everything. Yeah, you can't turn around and not see Joey pants in a movie at this Hmm. point. Yeah. Super interesting. Okay. I I like that. We we were watching it with the boys. This is the second time they've seen it, I think. Um, And there were were moments where they were laughing at the special effects. There's there's the moment Mm. at the beginning where Trinity, like, leaps from building to building, and you just see her, like, woo! (laughs) <laughs> like turn around yeah. in the sky and they were <laughs> laughing at that bullet time. They were giggling at a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I think that's because it's been so copied. Yeah. That Aaron and I were talking about that too. Like when he does the, this, uh, huh. The beckon. Like, yep. yep. Anthony's doing it right now. He yep. like, he like flexes and all the dust flies off him and then he beckons. <laughs> yeah. Done completely yeah. earnestly without a hint of irony. Yep. It's because when we saw it, we were like, FNA, man. That's incredible. Let's go. Like, a hundred percent. Every other minute, I was like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, and so, like, actually, I'm yes. going to chunk in. Um, okay. So, that, the the kind of what, the mind blowingness of it really has to do with my second piece of evidence, which is the choreography of the fighting mm. and that it's a philosophical Kung Fu movie, which hmm. sounds like such a stupid idea. Yeah. That's definitely something that Anthony would say stupid about. In 1990. No, no, no. But I can see this. This is on Steven Stevens Venn diagram sheet. Yes. Like you've got, bubbles and like some words are bigger than others some small mm-hmm. ones and you would have like philosophy yeah kung fu and be like throw these over to here and put it like 90s yeah put like sci-fi you know venn diagram it, it, it's this thing I that it. one i think one of the five things that that makes the perfect movie for it is a big swing that connects mm. yep yep this feels like a big swing yeah yeah, to for sure. describe this kind of deeply philosophical idea, like who are we, 
Yeah. Are we? Uh, could we just be minds, and that would be enough? Which place right. is better? Like, is it better to be happy uh-huh. and enslaved, or is it better to be have purpose and be free? All that stuff. Except it sucks. Mixed in yep. with incredible kung fu fighting. Right. Like, as, as good as it gets. Totally. And, so, and there's even, like, rules about you have to fight in right. order to get to certain places in, like when like like when they're trying to go to the oracle which i i just love that whole sequence they go into the matrix yeah, for the first time so together good. as a team they're going mm-hmm. to see the oracle it's not just like you can tap in to this oracle you have to travel there and fight your way in right and then you have to fight your way back out yeah. and so you have to have skills to be able to do that you have to know kung fu you have to know how to uh, fly helicopters you know how to shoot yeah. you have to know how to shoot guns you have to know how to do yeah. one-handed somersaults that's yeah. very important <laughs> in the matrix universe you have yeah. to do a one-handed somersault or else you will get hit by a bullet <laughs> yeah you have to wear sunglasses all the time inside and out mm-hmm. there's oh, these that, yeah that These could be stricken, that I actually. Just love. You could strike yeah, yeah. that. I know. Why are they always wearing sunglasses? Yeah, and like looking, like if shouldn't they try to look inconspicuous? Yeah. If they were, yeah, for sure. Like trying um, not to be seen by the agents. Right. Why you you dressed like a band of misfits? <laughs> like going right. to West Town Mall, like going to Hot Topic or something. <laughs> they did buy their outfits at Hot Topic. <laughs> Um, so what, what I, what I'm trying to say is like to pull that off. Yeah, dude. To, to just, it's great universe building. They Mm. did it. And it's just this combination. It's just a huge swing and it connects. Um, I will give you a counterpoint to that, which is the year, a year later, I was an English creative writing major. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so for my capstone, oh, this is so embarrassing. Oh, man, I'm getting goosebumps. Oh, boy, here we go. Embarrassed for me, goosebumps. For my capstone, I wrote a book. Uh-huh. The first six, first six chapters of a book where I was like, this is like The Matrix meets The Book of Revelation. And oh, it was gosh. a... Uh, <sighs> it was like this, a- angels were doing kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> for the souls of men and women amazing i'm so embarrassed and so like Thank you for we had to that. present we had to present our yeah oh no we had to present <laughs> our capstones so on these like in this like it was like you would walk around and see people's capstones right and so yeah, on yeah. my presentation table i had my book it was called unearth Mm. On um, Earth or unearth? Unearth. Huh, One word, cool. unearth. Okay. Yeah, I guess that, that I mean that was by far the coolest part. I had my I had the <laughs> I had it there in the center and on one and on one side I had the Bible. And then on the on the other <laughs> side I had the VHS copy of the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I actually I got a good grade. I do not think that my professor read it. Okay. <laughs> B- because 
it was bad because this is it's hard to combine <laughs> yeah 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 two yes genres like that and make it mm. work I do not have the capacity to do it. And most people wouldn't. Mm -hmm. And so for the Wachowskis to do that, Mm -hmm. you just got to give them props. It it just works. Dude. And and I think that's what what really blew my mind. Not, I think it goes back to your evidence, which is it's the special effects were incredible. The fighting is incredible, but that they were able to tell a story and like introduce ideas to me. Yeah. I, I, deep, I just couldn't believe it. Deep thinking ideas that we still think about all the time right now. Like, right. would you take the blue pill or the red pill? We asked each other that when we watched it two nights ago. Which would you take? What What did everybody say? Red for sure. Mm-hmm. That's the one he takes, right? Yep. Okay. Also, that shot, by the way, I don't. I love that shot. So, like, how they did the, that? It, the reflection in the sunglasses. Yes. Yeah, you can see, good. like, if you're watching on on our Gomertrons, like, I can't do that. Wait, hold on. Right. There we go. Do that, but like in your glasses, you see one hand, and in the other lens, you see the other. I would really love to know how they did that effect. It's a C3PO thing that we were talking about before, right? right. Like, how can you not With see those... the cameras? My guess yeah. is that that's a practical shot somehow. Hmm. Like, I wonder Actually, if it's giant, likely. giant mirrors or something. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm sure that's on YouTube somewhere. You can find it. How did they do? Or maybe it's actually not that hard. Maybe. Right. I, I don't know. But to me, I don't understand how you can't see one hand, both hands and both lenses. And it could be a CGI effect. I guess that could be. But it, it looks sure it, that that one's a, other other effects in the movie are not seamless. That one's a seamless effect. Yep. That's pretty good. Totally. So best rules laid out that I can think of in a movie. Best mm. world building that I can think of a movie. I mean, there are other that are as good. Yeah. But like, I don't think it's there are any that are any really better. No. You know what I mean? And it, it maybe this, it's, this is a bonus. When you mm-hmm. actually see the real world, it defies mm-hmm. your expectations. So he's explaining it to him in that room. It's that you're not right. in the real world right now. Then when he goes through that mirror T2 style, he turns mm-hmm. into he turns into the T one thousand for a little bit because he touches the yeah, mirror. Yeah. Oh yeah, and then it goes metal. into his mouth, and he uh-huh. goes and he wakes up in that pod. Yeah, I was I was on cloud nine. That's what I, I'm talking I, about. The extraction I just scene. Believe if you it. could, yeah. If you could see that again for the first time, like yeah. I bet our mouths were like on the floor. Our jaws yeah. were on the floor. He just pulls like, that tube out of his mouth. Great oh effect. Oh my god. And that like that robot comes up and is like choking him and like pulls off the neck thing. Oh right, like, he's covered in embryonic how, fluid, and then they just flush yeah. him. There are okay. They do such Holy a good job cow. of this is not even evidence, but of like they fill in so many holes, like the atrophied muscles. Mm-hmm. Like you or he opened his eyes and they hurt, and he was like, "Why did they hurt?" And he's like, "You've never used your eyes before." My favorite line in the like, movie. I love that. <sighs> Okay, so right there, dude, mm-hmm. okay, I wrote, are you ready for this? I'm ready. I wrote down all the biblical references. Sure. Yep. The thing is, they hit this, oh, they hit this out of the park. Uh-huh. Right there, there's a Paul, that's Paul, okay? Right, yep. Like he's, his eyes are awakened to the truth. 
The scales fall the off. Yeah. The scales fall off. Yep. So, okay, so Morpheus, he's the father. Mm-hmm. And John the Baptist. Sure. Okay. Neo is Jesus. Yep, definitely. The one Neo anagram for one. The one. He lived yep. in room 101. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, okay. Trinity, <laughs> third member of the Trinity, Holy Spirit. Yep. Yeah. Okay, you've got Judas and Satan in cipher. Yep. So, like, Aaron and I were like, dude, so Neo has just been told he's the one. Mm-hmm. And what happens when Jesus is given that approval? He goes straight to the wilderness where right. Satan accuses him. That is what Cypher's doing. Like, so you're the one. Uh-huh. Just seeding doubt. Now, th- this kind of the one stuff is also very 90s to me. Totally like, 90s. There's Harry Potter and there's yep. Neo. Kind of, but But it was like a twist where... They find out right away that they're the person, and then they have to deal with that. Hmm. Um, totally. That, like they that find feels out like before a they're new qualified thing to or me. something. Right. Yeah. yeah. You, you're the savior. You're the savior of the world. How are you going to respond to that? Yeah. See, I think you're you're totally right that this is so '90s because this was so like looking through like faith in like a '90s way. Like we're in a <laughs> totally. po- we're in a fully secular post-Christian culture right. now. And my proof for that hmm. is how often the matrix was used in sermons for the yeah. next decade. For and sure. I am we not innocent of this. Nope. I I would use I would reference the matrix all the time when I would speak on campus. Yeah. Then the, I w- I would say Lord of the Rings also you you would see clips of Lord of the Rings at church. <laughs> This is a very yep. inside, like, totally. for, like inside church stuff. But, like, The Matrix was like finally a movie that describes mm-hmm. that doing whatever you want and living however you want is actually slavery. Hmm. And you choose out of that, and that's a harder life, but it's better because you have purpose. Mm. Um, wow. Now. I think if I was going to strike anything from the record, it was overused and used in a way that Wachowskis didn't 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 think that it would be. And yeah, they, it, then I think that's part of the reason why it went so Buddhist in the second yep. two movies, in the sure. in the second movie and the third movie. Yeah, they. Um, I don't think they intended. But dude, I I I was thinking about this earlier today. I just texted yeah. this into my phone. I was like, I actually think the Wachowski brothers shared the gospel better than a lot of prosperity preachers. Definitely. <laughs> and that's why it was used in sermons. Yes. Or the Wachowskis. Right. This movie describes our faith better than... No, this might be... I don't know, but I'm just going to uh, say it. Yeah, better yeah. than we're seeing it modeled mm-hmm. and preached in the church. Dang. <laughs> um, and yeah. so these two gender-fluid directors, writers mm-hmm, and directors... Mm-hmm have a better read on what the Christian faith is than what wow. I'm experiencing at church. And so my our generation of Christians, I feel like, college mm-hmm. students and high schoolers, loved this movie, flocked to it. Yep. Because it modeled what maybe an exciting faith could look like. <laughs> and I don't think I'm over-exaggerating there because whenever I would preach on it, people would connect with me over it. That ended wow. around... 2006 or seven where I was sure, like, so I should probably stop using <laughs> matrix one references in every sermon yeah. I give. 
<laughs> totally. Wow, dude. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just the idea of freedom through truth mm-hmm. and that yes. ignorance, like ignorance is bliss, is actually bad. Like, yeah. is there, is there, is there a, a, an analog to like social media? Like how we're two different people? Well, I wonder if they'll press into that in the fourth matrix. Yeah. I'm so thrilled to see what a, 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 two, a late a 2020s matrix movie looks like. Yeah. Because I was thinking of that same thing. There was no social media. Mm-hmm. And so there couldn't be any commentary on that yet. Right. So what is that now that that's what technology is basically? Yeah. Well, we're kind of like living in it and we're doing yes. what it tells us to do. Right. And like the the like the that book the Swoboda like Sabbath as resistance uh-huh yeah. like resisting greed resisting the mm-hmm. the the market and like not buying crap is actually yeah. an act of resistance right it's freedom mm-hmm. so yep. <laughs> I going wonder against press- consumerism going yes. against the the status quo you're free from the matrix dude free your mind Neo. And then I love it that Cypher actually says while he's eating that steak in a, in a scene that is impossible because he would have to get himself in there. Right. He yep. says ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. He's eating a fake steak. Yeah. And then he ends up getting shot over it anyway. Right. Um, yeah. See, that's that's the other thing about like deception, dude, is you're probably going to die anyways. Right. Like that's what I was thinking that whole time. I was like, he's so dumb. Like super sorry, Cypher, dude. But no, he has to die like, as a traitor. He, That's no, even he worse. was deceived. He was deceived, yeah. and then he was like, "Just plug me back in, make me rich and famous. I don't want to know a thing." Yep, I want to be a celebrity. Yeah, uh huh. But it's like you're gonna be friggin' miserable. You turned everybody in, and the the thing about it is, is like when he's having dinner with Agent Smith. Uh huh. How would he even trust that Agent Smith's actually gonna do that? Like when you make a deal right. with the devil. Yep. How can you trust that he's gonna? You know what I mean? He's just going to step on you and squish you once he gets what he wants anyways. He was so sick of that cream of wheat. He couldn't handle it anymore. Dude, I actually think that looks good. I actually think the gruel <laughs> in that little tin. Like I, I was, was like, wondering perfect if food. you would like that food. <laughs> I literally have had, had like thoughts like, could I ever do that for like a month? Yeah. Like we've thought, did I tell you about the survivor diet we want to do? No. Like I want to. During the week, the season finale of Survivor, I want to eat only what they eat on Survivor. Okay. But what if they so would like only rice? Would you eat that? Yeah. So you, it would be hard to know because you don't know what it's going to be. Sure. But I kind of want to do the Survivor diet, just rice okay. or rice and beans or mm-hmm. something like that. Mangoes. They eat a lot of mangoes. Ooh. Or coconuts. Coconuts. Yep. I love coconuts. Wow, dude. Oh, also his name is Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Oh, yeah. Yep. Thomas Anderson. Cool. Mr. Anderson. Mm-hmm. Mr. Anderson. I did have a friend <laughs> who thought he was like, I liked the movie, but I mean, Neil. That's a really weird Neil. name to choose. Neil. <laughs> that was like <laughs> so he thought when in that scene in the subway where he's like don't call me Mr. Anderson. My name is Neil, yeah. he thought he said. <laughs> no, that's Neil. Like the, that's incredible. My name is Neil. 
<laughs> Sorry yeah. if anybody out there is named Neil. The name's really cool, but it's not as cool as Neo. <laughs> no, it's it's yeah, exactly. It's not gonna you can't build a franchise around it. <laughs> All right, dude. Hey man, I'm gonna chunk in. Great. I did have a little Romans eight action that I was gonna talk about, but you know what? We'll push that uh-huh. to runner's block. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. My second piece of evidence as to why The Matrix is a perfect movie, dude. Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, dude. Who wrote the score? Okay, so my evidence is the two chords. Okay. Love it. So the composer, Don Davis... He uh-huh. did okay. all the Matrixes. He did, t- I mean, his his IMDb, there's like tons and tons, but like his sure. his big ones are the Matrix trilogy. He's okay. done a lot of orchestrating, a lot, like he orchestrated a lot for Michael Kamen's. He orchestrated the sound or the score to Prince of Thieves. Okay. Robin Ooh, Hood. I love that score. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> the t- definite high school oh, band yeah. concert song. Totally. <laughs> I mean, like, that score is friggin' amazing, dude. Definitely. Yeah, I love that, it. And then, then they started using that score for, like, D- remember it was, like, maybe it was Warner Brother DVD. Mm, Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. It was, like, That's when it. they would show in the front of a DVD... Or the front of a DVD movie, like watch other DVDs from us. Yeah, and it was the Prince of Thieves, Pertner to Prince of Thieves mm. score, Pertner to Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's that's so so classic '90s. That score, yeah. so love it. Okay, so here here's what I was thinking: is a reason that this is so good mm-hmm. is, dude, they used. The timeless symphonic score. I think that was a great choice because I see instead of like a techno, yeah, like synthesized score. Yeah, the the music that sounds as dated as it is is the rock, like needle drops. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you hear Rage Against the Machine at the end, which rocks, yes. you're in early 2000s, late 90s immediately Th- that right? that that solidifies it in the time more than anything else yes. i think mm-hmm. is the over the credit song right wake you know up I mean? it's just like okay that's right i remember it's 1999 mm-hmm. totally and like when they're at the clubs and stuff like that uh-huh. a lot of those yep, like loops club. and and beats and stuff which are super cool they do have that feel we told the boys this is the kind of club we used to go to in college yeah Right. I don't even know what I would <laughs> I do at a club like that. I would feel so dumb. I would just want to get out of there. It's it that that is a place I would want to go least in the world. Mm-hmm. Like people that in club. cages and like just a guy <laughs> with four women around him, like giving him drinks and stuff. Totally. Yep. I have no interest in going to the Matrix Club. Not our scene, dude, especially at 42 and 43. Nope. But not even. It wasn't that either. <laughs> even in, in our in our years where we would do such a thing, no. But the timeless symphonic score, dude. Like that is why to me this movie is less dated than uh-huh. Terminator Two, Terminator One, yep. or 
like Tron, yep. which we're going to talk about in the future. Tron Legacy better because of the yeah. symphonic score. Right. And I we talked about this in Back to the Future mm. also. You're totally where right. At first, it was mm. going to be a very synth 80s score. Yep. The, the romance and, and the I stone. Think it was, yeah. I think mm. it was Spielberg mm-hmm, who said mm-hmm. it'll elevate it if you have a symphonic score. That's it. And, and then they hired Celestri. Yep. And Silvestri did the or Romancing actually, the Stones. Yeah, we talked about this on Back to right, the Future. Yep. He was hired already, and he he switched up what he was planning on doing. He made the Marvel Cinematic Universe sound with Back to the Future. It's all back to right. Spielberg. It's all so much, dude, so much of our Venn diagram is like, <laughs> it goes back to Spielberg and Lucas. Even though we've really right. bashed Star Wars and Lucas, the whole yep. reason music sounds the way it does today is because of George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Star Wars. Right. Like it the the orchestral community we owe a lot to to that moment. Yes. Because like that sound is still in the in our culture's ears every day. The orca the Germanic so, orchestra. So why I wonder why anybody doesn't do an orchestral score well, in their movie. No, see it's it dude, it's changing now. It is. Yeah. It is changing now. Like you're. Like think about this. And it will be interesting twenty years from now. But like think about the score uh-huh. to like Social Network. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Right. Like the more yep. synth. I mean, uh, why, why am I drawing a blank on who did that now? Well, it's the Nine Inch Nails guy, yeah, right? Trent, and so it's all Trent kind Reznor. of atmospheric. Trent Reznor, yep. right? Um, the the atmospheric heavy bass, yep. slow beat, lo-fi, yep. um, total score, and I love the Social Network score. Oh, me too. You're right. I, it we're we're going with the tide. We're like, they're they're playing stuff we're loving, but it is changing, dude. Like, yeah, the light motif isn't as popular. Like that's why when you stinking that that's why my mind was blown in Rise of Skywalker, dude. Every uh-huh. light motif in the canon of Star Wars was played in my mind. I was weeping. Remember, like, what would you have done if they had a synth score uh, in Rise of Skywalker? Yuck. But but think about Mando. Think yeah, about definitely just a guy in his flute. Yup, like Gregerson, Gre- Gregson. Or, yeah, like, you're right. That has a very synth bass to mm-hmm. it. Right. Totally. There's like hip hop beats in there, yep. like. Yeah, very spare. For sure. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so I take it back. I, I guess it does work. Oh yeah. When, when it's when it's done well. See, but it's gonna be interesting though because if you went to Terminator, that like mm-hmm. synth sound, you're like, this is what stuff sounds like now. You yeah. Know, then you watch yeah. The Martian, and they have those beautiful perfect uh-huh. fifths and the horns, sweeping strings. Yeah. When you see the sci sci fi right. scape, like I don't think that'll ever go away. Um, no. And dude, I I gotta give props, dude, to John Powell. I think it is who's doing How to Train Your Dragon. Dude, that dude is okay. frigging incredible. Like he can do John Williams, like hmm. really well. I mean, Howard Shore does that stuff. Sylvester's doing it in the MCU. Right. So so it's not going away, but it I like you're seeing like I mean even think about like Dan in real life, like just a guitar dude. Uh-huh. Like singer songwriters are. Just, just a couple people, right? Yep. Like it's, I think that's a married couple just playing songs on their guitar. Right. <laughs> it is is the whole score to that yeah. movie? Yeah, actually, I, that that was when I was doing some LA stuff, and I I was talking to my friend, and I was telling him mm-hmm. about that score, and he was like, "Yeah, it's really good, but like, 
they haven't de- developed the themes like you, like like we basically were taught in uh-huh. school to develop a theme for a movie. You introduce it, sure. You mess with it, and then at the climax is you use it to to underscore uh-huh. the the emotional pull of the movie. Right. Actually, I saw the. It was the editor who was the editor, Zach Stonberg. He won the Academy Award for this. He was like, he likes to edit a movie uh-huh. without any music, so that the movie can like, whoa, stand on its own. And then huh. you add the emotional, like, like you should get the story. So it's kind of like the right. opposite of the way Lucas does it, which maybe is why this movie is so friggin' good. It's because like <laughs> before you've even added the the sugar. Before you've added the, right. the toppings or the the yep. the frosting or what you know, mm-hmm. before you've dressed it up, yeah. the raw ingredients are so good that when you dress, you actually it, have the cake. Yeah, yeah. You dress it and you're like, ooh la la, this is the best thing I've ever tasted. Well, it must be hard to know I'm making a good movie without any music, mm. right? Especially in this, I mean, those two chords that you're talking about oh. are so integral to the whole thing and cue, cue, cue the viewer to so much about what's happening. Yeah, I mean, just I can't imagine it without those. Uh huh. It, it's like you hear that sound, dude, and you're, and, and yep. you're transported to a different world. Okay, so I looked into the theory a little bit of it. So it's two chords okay. you've got E minor and C major. Mm-hmm. So okay. you've got the horns playing E minor over here, and then on the other side of the orchestra, you have the trumpets playing a C major chord, or whichever brass instruments are doing it. So it's like antiphonal, like back and forth. And so, like, so what key is the piece in? E minor or C major? Well, okay, so it's like minimalist, polytonal. Yeah. It's not doesn't necessarily have like a like a like a, a chordal like the, it's like it's in C major or it's in E minor it's like it goes back and forth it's beyond music it's beyond key it's like new well, math yeah. well so my my dude <laughs> my thought is like it's uh, maybe i heard somebody i can't remember if i heard somebody say this or if it was in my head uh-huh it's like the mirror so it's like the matrix right. and the real world mm. and it's like, oh, I like that. going yeah. between those two things it's like his two glasses the red pillar the blue pill you know what i mean uh-huh and Oh my gosh, it's so freaking good. Okay, so the scene I the scene I think of most when I hear those two chords are when he finally stops the bullets. Oh. And then this is another part the boys laughed at. No when way, really. He flexes yeah. and the the hallway warps around him. Oh yeah. And it like he's he he he's breathing the matrix, right? Mm. And you hear those when he breathes in, it's the E minor. Yeah. And when he breathes out, it's the C yes. major. Like, so maybe it's like at that point, the real world and the matrix are finally combined together and you hear those two chords together. Yeah, that's good. Here, here's that, here's that part actually. Okay. Okay, so, it's just so good. So, but I wanted to play. This is Strauss. Also, Sprock Zarathustra. It's like, yep. this is like exactly where he got that idea. 2001, right? Yes, he's going Kubrick, full Kubrick here, right? Like, he is like uh, uh, the. The Wachowskis are they're they're pulling from so much stuff, right? We were talking about biblical stuff, right? Yep. But they're 
and there's Alice in the yeah, Alice, yeah, yeah. Alice in right? Wonderland. Alice in the Wonderland stuff, right? Yep. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Like they're pulling from so many stories yeah. and so many movies. I hadn't thought about how the score also is mirroring other stuff. That's cool. I, well, I'm guessing they were like, we need a little, we need some Strauss. Like we need yep. 2001, A Space Odyssey, Also Sprague's Zaratustra for like Neo when he like is born right. again. And just explodes yes. on the scene. And yeah, that's that flex feel. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I, I I guess I shouldn't have said the composer that he was going Kubrick. He was going Oh yeah, yeah. Strauss yeah. in that. No, no, moment. no, but that's <laughs> yeah. no, but that's Kubrick's vision too. Yeah. Which yeah, definitely. still blows my mind. I'm sure you know this fact, yep. but that if our listeners don't, that 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 score was a temp score for two thousand one. Right. Yeah. And then they just kept it. Like, yep. amazing. Why would you? <laughs> I, I, I like don't even know how to how to like that that makes the movie. I mean, obviously the cinematography. Yes, I know. The, but but yeah. uh, wouldn't you say that the thing that most people know about two thousand one is that Strauss theme? Yeah, for sure. There's the Blue Danube in there. There's yep. I mean, yeah. there's Ligeti. There's so much. Mm-hmm. Let me play one mm-hmm. other clip just real quick. Okay. It's trumpets. Yes. I love that. Okay, so this that that's the score. Here's where I think he got that one from. That idea, that inspiration from. He's not, you know, it's like a very contemporary composer of this moment. This is John Adams. Mm. Ooh. That right there, that's the that's the um, short ride in a fast machine by John Adams. Okay. So like mm. you can totally hear awesome. he got some sweet inspiration from that. I did not think you were gonna bring the score into this one. Really? Well, I, I maybe it's because I don't think about it in this movie. It's so well integrated into the yeah. what's into the visuals yeah. that it doesn't pop for me. Uh-huh. But now that I start thinking about it. <laughs> I could sing all those light motifs to you, right? <laughs> Even though maybe beyond music, still I could. I I knew the, like those that breathe in, breathe yeah. out. E minor C is just so ingrained in who I am. Yeah. as a moviegoer, right? I just I love I it. love it. I think it makes it, it. It's like one artist in there of the thousands that comes in and yeah. puts that polish on it, makes it timeless. Mm-hmm. And actually, I yeah. think that's part of why two and three aren't quite as good is like, there's more like synth and, and, and collaboration okay. that way, which collaboration is cool, obviously, but yeah. the original yep. score for one, even though he did two and three, I think one is the best. Awesome. There's a lot to love in this movie. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so listener, now it's up to you. We're going to put this on our Instagram website, Facebook, Twitter, email. Um, you're going to have a chance. Let us know. Do you think the Matrix is not only good, it's not only great, but a perfect movie. We're going to put those polls up within a, the next week or so. Make sure you vote yes or no. Is The Matrix a perfect movie? Speaking of which, because of our schedule this summer, our schedule's all messed up this summer. Recording is, has been a little bit hard with our Your- <laughs> moves and our yeah uh, everything, right? And so we didn't get to record a Parasite Results show and so we're just going to reveal the results right here on the matrix okay. episode does that sound okay absolutely let's do it 
Okay, so um, I'll, let me start with the listener. Okay. I was actually surprised. Yeah. 85% yes on Parasite. I, I don't know, dude. I thought Parasite was a little bit out there for some of our listeners. Boy, right. was I wrong. <laughs> I should have trusted you, listeners. <laughs> You know a good movie when you see it, yep. whether it's weird or not. Yep. And so we got 85% yes on the on Parasite. I'm going to, it was, I mean, I, I I love it. I think what I said was, I don't know if I like it, but I love it. Right. Um, And it kind of ticks all the boxes for me. Big swing, like I just said about The Matrix, that does connect. I love the way it looks. There's transcendent performances for me. Um. I love how it sounds, all that stuff. And so I'm going to say yes to a perfect movie on Parasite. I'm wondering, Anthony, mm. how you're going to vote on this one. I do not know right. coming in. How are you going to vote for this? Horror is out of my wheelhouse. It's not in my Venn right. diagrams yep. of things that I love. But yep. and, and it did make me feel like it made me feel right. This movie made me feel. And uh, for sure, I really want to watch it again. And. It okay. made me super hungry, and it mm -hmm. was super fun to be yes. with G. Yeah, and I'm I'm okay. The thing that put me over the edge, though, I'm gonna vote yes, and the reason okay, why wow. is this is a dish that's perfectly crafted. Let the chef uh -huh. cook, and whether you liked the dish or not, <laughs> you can't be that. like that wasn't good. You know what I mean? You're like yes, maybe you didn't like that particular item on the menu but dang did they did they do it perfectly so yes that's great um i love this let the chef let cook I, I actually feel that very same thing about the matrix yep the wachowskis got to cook you're right see that's what they and they cooked something special you're right they sh they should have they should have taken george lucas and like reined him in let the chef cook but like you know yep I don't know. Nobody can say anything to George Lucas. Yeah, come on. Totally. Who are we anyways? <laughs> but still, I'm sorry for ripping on it so much. But <laughs> but yeah, way well, to go, Parasite. It's interesting to think about those two movies in 99. You're right, totally right. right. Congratulations, Parasite. You're on the flash drive. Woo! I do not know what the, the Independence Day aliens are going to make of this movie. Right. What the heck? <laughs> They're going to get to the end. Everybody's stabbing each other. They're going to say, let's blow it up. <laughs> <laughs> this did not help our situation, dude, but I'm glad it made nope. the list. <laughs> Me too. All right. Thanks to Webmaster Adam. Thanks to Jason for our graphics, Davis for our music, Annie for social media. Speaking of Independence Day, mm. July. July is coming. Yeah. We couldn't put it off any longer. Nope. You thought we were going for Deep Impact. That's what I want. No. <laughs> Armageddon, a very sweaty summer movie. <laughs> We're not doing that. But we did want to do a disaster movie because yep. those tend to come out in the summer. Um, we've talked so much about Independence Day this year. We're going to do it. Sweet. Next movie. Will Smith, mm -hmm. get out here. Bill Pullman, get out While here. You're sleeping. It's your time to shine. Yes. I don't think the score so, will be up there on this one, but I can't remember. No. No. Um. Certainly. I mean, we, we're going back to the mid-90s, baby. Yep. 96. Wow. Independence Day. I cannot wait to talk about cool. that movie. So that's coming up next. 
otherwise, we're can't wait to hear what people thought about the Matrix. Yeah, dude. So fun doing this app, man. Yes, definitely. Loved it. So many memories tied up in it, too. Yeah, I think this really triggered memories more than a lot of the movies we've done. Certainly more than Parasite. Love you, Parasite. Maybe I'll have memories in 20 years. <laughs> well, we've talked about these kind of these kind of key years for us. I think 89 and 99 both are pretty intense for us as movie-going kids. Yep. And then college kids. Yep. And so I'm not surprised that it brought a lot of stuff yep. up. Love it. I do wonder if you do try the sequels, what you're going to think of them. I'll probably, I'll probably have fun. I'm sure we'll have fun watching them. Yeah. It's just that first couple times when your expectations mm-hmm. are on at like on level 11 yep. and then it doesn't meet them. <laughs> it doesn't blow your mind, yep. even though some scenes did. Right. Some scenes did. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll report back. I'll report back. It's a very crystal skull type situation also. Oh, that's what like, I... Uh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. I was going to put up a, an IG post about the new one, and I was going to say it just mm-hmm. has two requirements for me. John Williams does the score, and it's better than Crystal Skull. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you don't even care that Spielberg's not directing. Wait, what? Oh. What? <laughs> Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. <laughs> Don't kill the messenger. Spielberg's not doing it. He's producing, but he's oh. not. He's passed on the so director's who's, who's chair. Who's directing? I can't remember. Some dude. All right. We'll see. Okay. Harrison Ford, John Williams. Yes. Yeah. Th- those are those are my t- those good. are my two. Last Crusade. I'm so back into that right now. Since I threw that clip mm-hmm. into whatever movie we did, <laughs> whatever thing. Oh yeah. The Diaries in Berlin. Yep, that's right. We did. Yep, the Diaries in Berlin. Yep. I'm back on that score. That was in the that was in the Parasite app too when we were talking Oscars. That's it. Yeah. Oh no, was no. it? It was in a Runner's Block app. It was when we were talking about it was Runner's Block app when we were talking about the big races and we started talking about Berlin. Berlin. That's it. <laughs> All right, dude. <laughs> well, great app. Super fun, man. Have a great week. All right, you too, dude. And happy watching Independence Day. 